Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to Talking Points. This is your host, Brian Kelly, The Points Guy. And before we dive into today's episode, there's one thing I want each and every single one of you listening right now to do. Sign up for our new, refreshed daily newsletter. Just go to thepointsguy.com slash newsletter and sign up today so you don't miss out on a single deal. This episode may feature offers that are subject to change and are offered by our advertising partners. ThePointsGuy.com is a free website, so we do advertise in order to generate revenue. For a full listing of our advertising policy, go to ThePointsGuy.com slash advertising. And on today's episode of Talking Points, we're going to a place where I know very little about our topic, which I guess isn't all that unusual. We're going to be talking about timeshares with the chief brand officer of Wyndham Destinations, Noah Brodsky. Noah, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Brian. We were just joking. So I think, is this the first you know, real travel podcast on timeshares? Timeshare is this amazing but hidden gem of the travel industry that not a lot of people talk about. So I'm excited to tell, talk about it a little bit here today. And, and so just for the listeners out there, so Wyndham is... Used to be one big company, last June split into two separate. Noah, do you want to talk about why Wyndham split the timeshare company from the hotel company? That's right. We split the timeshare company, which is now Wyndham Destinations, the world's largest timeshare and timeshare exchange company, along with the nation's largest professionally managed North American rental business, uh, Wyndham Vacation Rentals. And that's split separate from Wyndham Hotels and Resorts. So Wyndham Destinations, which is where I am, is exclusively focused on vacations. And that's a fun part of the business to be working in. When you say the word timeshare, it can evoke either love or hate. It's sort of like a love-hate thing because I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. Why do you think so many people, why, why is there such a divide on the topic? So I have been my entire career on the hotel side with Four Seasons, with Starwood, and then with Wyndham. And just about a year and a half ago, moved into Timeshare. And I had many of those same myths and unknowns about Timeshare that you just talked about. And what I've discovered from being in the business now for a year and a half is it's an amazing way to travel. There's a bunch of really cool things about it, which I'm sure we'll talk more about. First off, it's economical. Mm -hmm. Second, it gives travelers all of the things that they want out of vacation but don't get from a hotel. More space, extra amenities, uh, lots of room to spread out. And most importantly, I think it really gives you time to spend with your family and go to all sorts of new places. Timeshare today is really different than it used to be. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know a lot about that. So let's just talk about the, the fundamentals of Timeshare. So it's a large upfront investment and then so you're technically bought into like the company or, you know, with Wyndham, is it by property? Like bring us through the high, high level finance. Like what is the financial commitment 
of timeshare and the the fundamentals behind it. Sure. So today, when you buy timeshare, you're buying into a points economy. Way back when, you used to buy a fixed week. You get week number seven in Myrtle Beach, and Mm -hmm. every year you go back with your family, and you have unit number six, and you know the people in unit three and four and five. And that's still out there, but what all of the branded timeshare companies are selling today is points. So you buy these points, which you can then use throughout the course of the year to go to different places around the country or exchange them into all sorts of different travel options around the world. So timeshare, the upfront purchase is buying in bulk. Mm -hmm. It's it is economical in the sense that it's like going to Costco and buying another product that you might get in bulk. You pay a bunch up front, but then you own this lifetime of vacations. And there's actually a great Goldman Sachs report that came out uh, last year that really dives into every single expense within timeshare and compares that to the same lifetime of vacations in hotels. And the bottom line of, of the Goldman Sachs report is you save about 20% when you buy up front and you buy your timeshares. So you have all these timeshare owners with a bunch of points. So there's a ton of points in the marketplace. Who gets to choose which property when? How does that whole system work? Is there a ranking of the longer you're in, the more preference you get? There is. So there's, there is an entire ecosystem within the points. And based on what you've purchased in your VIP tier, you have various rights of when you can start booking those properties. And properties, uh, the, the cost of a property is going to vary based on seasonality and on the size of the suite that you want. Uh, so if you like to travel in the shoulder season, you're going to be able to get a lot more for your points than if you want to be in New York during the prime summer season. And so let's talk valuation of points, which is always a hot topic around these parts, because with traditional loyalty programs, you can get tons of value, you can get low value. Is the swing the same, or do you try to peg a cent value to your owner so that there's no misunderstanding down the line in terms of how you value these the timeshare points? So the redemption costs are fixed permanently contractually legally. So those redemption costs won't change. The part that swings is the cost to buy new points over Mm -hmm. time. Uh, So once you have your points and you're locked into the, and and you're in the system, you're able to use those points at our resorts on a very fixed schedule that you can understand and plan Like, is it roughly like one cent per point or do you, like, do you publish that? Like where if you go peak, you're going to get one cent per point or if you're shoulder, you're getting 1.5 or is it, it, because there's no rental, you know, because these, these units are not, there's no rental price technically, or some of them there are probably, right? Are there, some of the units are, are sold excess inventory on Wyndham? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So there are there are some rental opportunities. Yeah. In fact, you can use your Wyndham Report points mm-hmm. to use uh, excess room nights. Probably not going to find a lot in peak season. Mm-hmm. But again, in the shoulder seasons and off seasons, you'll find a lot of great opportunities to try out a timeshare suite. Because there's various levels that you can buy in at, different programs uh, that give you different preference. So for example, we own the Margaritaville Vacation Club, which is an awesome lifestyle brand with some really fun resorts. The price of a point to buy into there is going to be a little different mm-hmm. than if you buy into our Wildmark by Wyndham brand, uh, which is a big West Coast timeshare brand. So w- the way that we like to think about it is really when people come and buy from us the first time, they're typically buying about the equivalent of a week's vacation mm-hmm. in a two-bedroom suite. Okay. And depending on w- exactly where and what they buy, that val- that price may change a little bit. Got it. And you can buy as many, once you're in, you can buy as many points as you want. So you retire, all of a sudden you want to be taking two months a year, you just buy more points based on... That's exactly right. 
Got it. And I'm sure as you get in the system, you start you get you understand the different properties and what, roughly what they're going for and how much it costs you know to buy points to stay at a two bedroom suite for a week. You can start doing that math yourself. Exactly, like any points based economy, there are uh, there are super users that really love the game of the hunt, and there are great value opportunities. Uh, it's a relatively straightforward system as well. And if you just want to go in and go to the uh, go back again and again with your family to the same destination, it's easy to do. If you want to hunt around and go somewhere new every year, Wyndham's got 220 resorts around the world, and you and we have RCI as well with over 4,000 resorts. So you can go to a new hotel, a new a new resort every uh, every year and never run out. So Wyndham timeshare points are would you say they're more valuable than regular Wyndham rewards points on the hotel side well it's a different system you get the timeshare points every year so yeah. each year but can you change back and forth between the you can so you can what's ca- the conversion rate between the timeshare and the it, it hotels de- it depends uh it depends on uh, again exactly what you've oh got uh, it so on the timeshare so how many different types of program like timeshare points are there because it's not one universal point system throughout all of your different pro- like the margarita points is a different platform how do you describe that like yeah that's right so there is there certainly is the ability to transfer between and we try to keep it as simple as possible but behind the simplicity up front there are a variety of different point structures that people have bought into over the years Wyndham began selling timeshare back in the 1960s and so between then and now there's all sorts of do you still have people in that 60s oh we program? sure do yeah so yeah i guess they'd be all mad if you just try to switch them to a single platform exactly so there's uh, there's all sorts of different ownership types out there uh but what everyone shares in common is the ability to use their points for resorts the way they want to and when they want to and do you have a co-brand credit card uh, for on the timeshare side to earn more points there, or is, it, is that just on the hotel side? So the Wyndham, we have uh, two co-brand credit cards. We have the Wyndham Rewards credit card, which earns our hotel currency, which has two uses in the timeshare world. As, as we talked about before, you can use it towards rental stays. You can also use your Wyndham Rewards points to offset some of your timeshare fees. Uh, so that's a very popular option for many of our timeshare owners. We also have a RCI MasterCard as well for many of our RCI owners, which comes with a suite of benefits through the RCI program. RCI means? RCI is the world's largest timeshare exchange platform. Okay. Uh, as I said, with over 4,000 resorts uh, that participate. So many uh, many of the developers, including us and Disney and many others uh, in, in Hilton, if you own with those programs, you're able to exchange through RCI so that you can go to any of the other developer resorts. Got it. Let's take it a step back. What is it like to stay at a timeshare versus a full-service hotel? Bring me through like everything from check-in and the experience, you know, room service and, you know, uh, housekeeping. Like, what's this, what is it like? What is it different at a timeshare property? Let's just say Orlando, where you live, at a full-service Wyndham property, hotel versus timeshare. The best thing about a timeshare is that you have more space. Uh, that's what I love. I've, we've got a little kid. There is nothing better. And we, we spend a lot of time now traveling in timeshares. There's nothing better than at the end of the night being able to close the door <laughs> and having space to yourself. And it used to be that we spent a lot of time when we were selling timeshare explaining to people the benefits of having space and a kitchen and all of that, that extra room. Nowadays, with the advent of home sharing and alternative lodging and all the other alternative hotels, 
people get the value of that space. They get why having a kitchen, yep. even when you're in an urban city, like here in New York, having a kitchen, if you're here for a week, can be a great economical money saver and also just a good way to not have to eat every single meal out. Totally. And it is, I mean, I'm a, a hotel diva and I like sweets, but it's crazy. Even a, even a junior suite in major cities is hugely expensive. And getting a two-bedroom suite at most full-service properties is, I would say, exorbitant. So I guess actually the best comparison would really be, you know, you want a two-bedroom condo versus, you know, at an Airbnb versus timeshare. Um, you know, I've done, I've never done a timeshare, but I've, I have done Airbnb with varying success. You know, it's, you're not going to get the cleaning and, you know, you may have an annoying owner who's not there at the time. So really with timeshare, you're, when you check in, there's a front desk. Yep. There's a 24-hour front desk, security, amenities. You, you know, you hit it on the head. I think when you're in your 20s and you're couch surfing in your 30s and your Airbnb, and then you get married, you have a kid, and nobody wants a surprise and vacation. Yeah. You want to know what's behind that door. Well, I'm single without a child, and I still don't want surprises. <laughs> you don't want a surprises. Yeah. And, or and, dealing with, you know, people who aren't answering their phone, and I'm, you know, it's midnight, and I'm at LAX. Where's the... That's I've it. Had but that, at yeah. the same time, you know, I don't need a housekeeper in my room every day. Yeah. Uh, it, can you so how does housekeeping work? Do you can you get it at a timeshare or is it a, just a ser- cleaning service you'd have to get then because there is no there you, is So typically you'll get housekeeping once a week, but yeah. certainly at our resorts you're always able to add it on mm-hmm. additionally. Though the vast majority of our guests don't want housekeeping in there. You've got to wash a dryer yeah. in every unit. Yeah. So you know, when you're down in Orlando in the summer enjoying a two bedroom yeah. suite and all the amenities, you're gonna be wa- you're gonna be going through two or three sets of clothes a day. Yeah. Just you do your do. own laundry. It's a great way to travel. And there's usually laundry in suite. In suite. And we get we've got starter uh, starter laundry detergent right there for you. Let's talk about fees, because that's something that bothers a lot of people and you know, especially most of these destination resorts and the hotels have Crazy resort fees that add up very quickly. What about fees with timeshare? So you got these points. You redeem for a week in Orlando, two-bedroom. What are their taxes, fees? Like what can you expect at timeshares? Nope. So if you're an owner with us and you come to Orlando, you can expect uh, there's no – in our Bonnet Creek Resort, there's no parking fee. There's no resort fee. There's You're not going to pay any tax at the front desk. You're just going to have a great vacation. You've pre-purchased uh, the, the right to go on vacation for the rest of your life, and that's where that benefit is. You are a owner in the Homeowners Association, and so there is an annual Homeowners Association fee. But that fee is, is run by a board of other owners that are elected by the other owners, and it's used to maintain and upgrade the resorts. So – Again, unlike the surprise you might get mm-hmm. at a hotel where you show up and the hasn't been renovated in 10 or 15 years, in our timeshare resorts, you're going to get a recently renovated, cleaned resort because it's run by a, a group of owners who who treat it like their own. And is, so when you buy into timeshare, are you attached to one property? So you always have to be attached to one or can you buy in a general membership? That's right. So you're buying points into the system and that gives you access to hundreds or thousands of properties. But so the homeowners, so I'm just trying to get my hands around. So it seems like they're, you're you're kind of like attached to you're buying into one property, but you're in the system. Are you? Do you have like a default property when you buy into Timeshare with Wyndham? So you you can buy into because de- well, basically what I'm getting at. Can someone avoid the homeowners fees by just being a general Wyndham? <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, so no, uh, because our owners ultimately own all of our properties. There is an 
an HOA fee. So that HOA fee can either, depending on what you bought, again, over mm-hmm. 50 years, there's a, there's a few different types of products that we have. You may be a member of just one specific property, or you may be part of a broader group of properties that are pooled into a single HOA. Okay. So let's talk about life changes. You lose your job and oh, I'm not going to be able to use my points and the sell, you know, the transferability of you know, that's the downside, right? If you buy a lifelong commitment of going on vacation and then all of a sudden things change. So how does it work once you're a Wyndham owner, whether selling your share, you know, your points every year? How does it, what are the rules around that? Yeah, so there's lots of options. Uh, s- certainly, if you've enjoyed a lifetime of vacations and you're done with it and your children, you choose not to, you can pass it on to your children. But if you choose not to, Wyndham will take it back. And we do that tens of thousands of times a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you Take it back or buy it back? Uh, we will take it back from you. So you've, you know, a, a, a very important... Who would uh, just give it away? I think it's crazy. I think it's, <laughs> been, uh, you know, timeshare is a great way to travel. Yeah. You can give it to your kids. Yeah. It's, you know, it is a it is a consumable product that you're buying. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and if you've gone on 30 or 40 or 50 years of vacations yeah. and you're done with it, you know, certainly an option is we'll take it back and take over all the maintenance fees yeah. immediately for oh, you. Oh, got it. I see. So you don't have to pay the fees. Exactly. Um, you can rent out your, if you're not going to use it for a year or two, you can, as an owner, you can rent out your stays mm-hmm. and, uh, I think Ed will talk a little bit more about that because he's he's very knowledgeable about the whole timeshare rental market as an owner himself. You can also gift it or sell it. You can give it to charity. There's a number of options that you have. Mm-hmm. You have a lot more options if you own your timeshare outright. If you have a loan on your timeshare, you have some fewer options. Mm-hmm. But that's why it's an important decision that people should certainly do you, understand. Do you, does Wyndham buying. finance loans themselves or do you use a bank to do that? So we finance loans yeah. ourselves. We also have a lot of customers, especially millennials and Gen Xers, that mm-hmm. love to put their timeshare on their credit card. Yes. It is a great... But pay it off, people. <laughs> it is a great way to earn travel yeah. category spend, but pay it off. How long does it take in general to, to get your value back is it 20 years maximizing? Is it 15 years you should expect to get? You know, I, I know it must depend, but is there a rule of thumb? Well, most consumers say that they'll spend about $80,000 of travel in their lifetime, uh, American consumers. I would guess that your average listener is- That was me last month. <laughs> probably a lot higher than <laughs> Just that. Just kidding. Uh, I think that timeshare fits into a broader life vacation lifestyle. I think you've got your- your bucket list trips that you may do with your credit card and your airline points when you're going to go out to St. Helena or somewhere mm-hmm. really spectacular. But then you've also got your everyday trips when you want a road trip with the family or with your friends. Uh, you may want to go to Vegas or uh, or Branson, Missouri or anywhere else that are you know these great timeshare destinations. And for those types of trips, I think your timeshare can pay off over the usage of it over the following years. And we see a lot of people selling their timeshares on, on the third party or other markets. What would you say to someone who's looking this? Okay, timeshare might be for me. Why would they buy directly from Wyndham versus buying off of you know someone who's trying to sell theirs at a fraction of the price? Yeah, so two things to understand. Uh, one, make sure that what you're buying is legitimate. There are a lot of timeshare resale scams out there. If you see something that is too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the second thing is understand the difference in benefits 
from buying on the secondary market to buying directly from the timeshare developer. So with all of the branded hospitality companies, there are a series of benefits that you will only get if you buy from the developer. So make sure you understand What are some those. of those that people could, should, should know uh, about? For example, uh, your booking window, so when you're able to get into properties, transferability uh, between the loyalty program, the, the mm-hmm. brand's loyalty program and the brand's timeshare. Uh, and so you'll let someone, an owner, sell, but the new owner won't get a bunch of perks that they would have gotten if they bought directly through you. That's right. There's certain benefits that you're going to get when you divide through the developer. And, and for each of the branded uh, hospitality companies, there are a different set of benefits. So just make sure you understand what you're giving up if you're buying on the secondary market. So I, I want the, the nicest timeshare Wyndham has to offer. Uh, what it, what Bring me through like the very most exclusive, expensive option you have. Well, our best option is Presidential Reserve by Wyndham. Ooh, that sounds fancy. (laughs) We have a phenomenal Presidential Reserve resort here in New York on 45th with a 33rd floor open-air balcony that looks out over the Chrysler Building. It's an awesome resort. We've got an amazing property in Avon, Colorado, steps from the lift that goes up to Beaver Creek. We've got Ski and Ski Out in Park City. And your Presidential Reserve membership is going to get you peak access to any of those properties into one of our presidential units. And will that give me Wyndham elite status on the hotel side? I don't have anything to announce yet. Oh, you heard it here first. Um, So as a barely millennial at 35, (laughs) grasping on for dear life, it seems as if timeshares are an older school mentality. Would you agree with that or not? Two-thirds of our buyers are millennials and Gen Xers. Uh, Millennials and Gen Xers are hitting their 30s and 40s. And like we talked about, they've got families. They want those. They want the special vacations, but they also want the regular vacations where they're going to drive to or fly to domestic locations. And we find that overwhelmingly they're really interested in this. It's all of the benefits of having more space with none of the surprises of those. And also the insane cost of getting hotel suites because it it really is such a huge huge delta between a regular hotel room and a two-bedroom suite. It's like 10x sometimes. Yeah, it's a two-bedroom suite with a, with a kitchen and in a washer dryer. In New York City, forget about it. It's two, four grand a night. Yeah, I mean, and it's, like, it's, the only way to, it's the only way to go down to Orlando is to, have, is to have all that space and that amenities. All right, Noah, let's end it. Where can people go to learn more about Wyndham Destinations? You can learn more at windomdestinations.com or you can visit our sales center next time you're on vacation. Find out if there's a Wyndham there and come join us. You get a nice premium, a nice gift for taking a tour, and you can learn a lot more about Timeshare. And tell them Noah Brodsky sent you. (laughs) All right, Noah, thanks for joining us. And for everyone listening, I was really interested by this, and I know we haven't covered it too much on TPG, but we've got some really interesting content around Timeshare's coming. Thanks a lot for joining, Noah. Thank you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
For the next part of this episode, we're going to sit down with a friend of mine, points expert, and little did I know, timeshare expert, Ed Pizzarello. Ed, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Brian. You know, admittedly, I am not a timeshare expert, and I'm excited to let you really take take the lead with this portion because, you know, we just heard from Noah Brodsky of Wyndham Destinations, and I want the real deal. I think our readers right now are saying, <laughs> okay, well, that sounded a little good. I know I was impressed, but let's strip it all back and look at timeshares and are they actually worth it? Let's do some math. So first off, just tell everyone um, just a little bit about yourself and uh, and what got you into timeshares. Yeah. And I think the, the thing that to, to consider here is if you're active in the miles and points community, you're actually very well equipped to get the most out of a timeshare because we're the folks that peel back the layers on award charts and figure out the best way to get that first class seat to you know, pick a wonderful destination mm-hmm. somewhere around the world. So we're looking for the ways to maximize value already. And timeshares are exactly what you put into them. So if you if you walk into it and you buy something and you're not going to use it to the fullest extent, then you're not going to get the value out of it, especially because you are making a quote-unquote lifetime commitment. And, and he explained it as a point system, right? Yep. That when Is that standard across most timeshares? Most new purchases today are points purchases. So in, in the olden days, you think about it, it was, you know, you, you would buy week 42 at some, you know, Myrtle Beach. Be, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. It, it, that was your week and yeah. you could trade it with someone else. And that's On a, market, a yeah, lot but. of people think of timeshares that way. Now it's more flexible. And again, this gets back to the value. You get a pool of points that you buy mm-hmm. and you can use those points for any timeshare property in the system. Um, and obviously, some are going to be much better values than others. And Starwood, I remember, used to allow their timeshare owners to buy points really cheaply. Yeah. Is that still the case with Marriott and the other big hotel chain timeshare so subsidiaries? Ma- yeah. So Marriott doesn't do as much of that as, as Starwood did. And I, I, I don't know how that's all going to come together when the dust settles on mm-hmm. you know, the merger. Um, but there are, you know, Noah alluded to it, that they're looking at some options about you know potentially rolling out some elite level benefits mm-hmm. for uh, for Wyndham timeshare owners. And I think the timeshare companies, especially the ones associated with the major chains, are trying to find ways to make it look more sexy for for new buyers. So there's a, you know, Wyndham has a, 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 a suite of benefits for folks who buy more points, VIP service. Mm-hmm. You get, um, you know, preference to uh, nicer rooms. You can book sooner. You get more housekeeping. So for folks that like the timeshare world, some of those things can be appealing, but they come at a pretty hefty price. Mm-hmm. And you're buying a significant chunk of points directly from pick any of these major hotel chains that run timeshare companies to get those benefits. It's a way for them to try and get you to keep buying from them as opposed to using the resale market. And just for context, so you are a timeshare owner. Mm-hmm. How many units or Yes. Like, how does it work with your Disney, right? I am a Disney freak, as you guys <laughs> well know. Um, we own Disney Vacation Club, and I, I like to say that not all timeshares are created equally. In that, you know, the mouse very rarely loses staying power, mm-hmm. and um, Disney manages to fill and sell all of those very well. And on the Disney side of things, their um, quote unquote resale value uh, stays um, very high, and part of that is um, you know Disney's very active in. Um, in maintaining their properties and also in buying back points from members and reselling them, they they have a, they have their and own. And Disney, business. so I was shocked when Noah said that people just give their timeshares back so that they get out of the fees. Uh, they don't do that with Disney Vacation yeah. Club. There's like the 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 typical like I I could take what I own at Disney mm-hmm. Vacation Club now and I could sell it for for a fairly substantial mm-hmm. sum of money. I also rent my points out, and I, there there is a, a secondary market for being able to rent your points out, and I rent them out for. 
significantly more than what it cost me. That's interesting. So, I, you know, I've always been, you know, thinking of timeshares of waste. You know, they get you yeah. in on, they build up that emotional high during yeah. that pitch and you're yeah. locked in. And then, yep. you know, timeshare owners, I always feel are very defensive. Like, no, I didn't get swindled and it is a good deal. But it actually can be a good deal is what you're it, saying. Because you're a smart it, guy. You're, you know, you know, It can be. There's... A, it's, this gets back to like if you looked at you know we, we posted in the TPG lounge and we asked for you know our members to tell us what they thought and it was a it was the full mixed bag which I would expect there were some folks that said it was a complete scam I didn't get what I expected all the way to we love it it works perfectly for us mm-hmm. so a, a good cross section of folks and and I'd guess that the ones that are happy with it probably did the research before they bought it. Mm-hmm. You know, when we bought, I don't, I don't think I thought that we would be able to rent our points out for more than what, what we paid for them. It just happens that that's that's the way Disney works right now. It's just so popular. On the Wyndham side of things, which is much more typical for other timeshares, the value to those points after you buy them goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when we looked at, I looked at the resale market before we hopped on to record today, and you're looking at there are a couple of contracts that sold recently on one of the larger sites fidelity is one of the more recognizable timeshare resale companies and they sold for what probably amounts to about a 90% discount from what somebody paid for the points and you know noah was saying well if you buy it on the resale you're not going to get all these valuable perks is that um, you know buying a resale timeshare is is there are there really those big downsides like you're never going to get the full perks or whatever or is would you I think it depends on – so Disney has done a pretty good job of, of of segregating the perks. But in the other companies, so using Wyndham as our example, as, as Noah noted, the the biggest thing you're going to lose there are if you buy those points on, on the secondary market, those wouldn't count towards any VIP status that you might earn. But you need at least 400,000 points in the Wyndham program to have VIP service. And to put that in context from a financial standpoint – that's an initial investment of, you know, sixty or seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars. That's a pretty significant financial commitment for yep. a lot of folks. So, right. and then you've got the maintenance fees on top of that. So, I think you've got to be really into timeshare to invest that kind of money. Yeah. So, if you're just going to buy enough to have a vacation for a week every year, you're never going to get to the level of being a VIP with Wyndham at four hundred thousand points. So, it probably doesn't matter to most smart folks that are going to buy timeshares. Let's talk about the financial. So what are the key tranches of timeshare, the initial investment, and then the other key things people have to take into account if they're looking at it? Yeah. So um, and w- I've got some Wyndham examples. And so as a, as a, g- a general rule of thumb, we can say that uh, timeshare maintenance fees are going to go up about 3% a year. The typical Wyndham first-time buyer is going to spend somewhere between, call it twenty dollars and $30,000. And depending on where they spend those points, that gets them uh, a one-week vacation somewhere in, across Wyndham's map, which is a huge map. Mm-hmm. That is the benefit in buying from Wyndham. And that can be a one-bedroom unit in a much nicer property, or it could be a two-bedroom unit in uh, maybe a property that's not quite as aspirational, mm-hmm. if you will. But if you wanted to stay at you know, Whistler or one of the nicer properties in Hawaii or things like that, that's probably going to be more like a one-bedroom room yep. that you're buying. Whereas if you want to stay in you know, Tennessee, yeah, uh, Smoky Mountains, you can get a you get a two-bedroom unit. And the the flexibility that members have with these programs is they can decide to – they have a system called banking and borrowing mm-hmm. where essentially you have a bucket of points every year. 
you can roll your points forward. You can roll your points back to give yourself a bigger pool. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have a big family reunion or yep. you want the, the, a nicer room with a you know better suite, you know, all that so stuff. So you can forego a vacation one year to do a much nicer one the next? You can. With- um, you can also split up into much smaller trips. You can just do long weekends. You know, This gets back to making sure you're – you know how you're going to use the unit. One of our TPG Lounge members actually said that they bought from Wyndham, and when they got home and started to go through the math of it, they realized that they normally do travel on long weekends. And when they looked at the charts, the places that they wanted to go, um, the numbers just didn't make sense for them to do those short trips. They, they were and is it mostly – do you have to – I know I hate traveling to certain destinations where it's Saturday to Saturday. Yeah. So is that the case with timeshare or does it depend? It's not necessarily that. But if you think about it, you know, as Noah noted, a lot of the reason why, um, you know, millennials are, are thinking about this is because they're having kids. And you don't necessarily go Saturday to Saturday, but as you start to fold into the school schedules – yeah everybody's traveling the same time. Right. And so that can be some of the trouble with, with these resorts. And the big mistake we made when we first bought our timeshare was understanding that where we bought, we bought because we want, you know, that gave us our, our longer booking windows. Normally the way timeshares work, wherever your quote unquote home resort is, mm-hmm. you get to book there sooner than everybody else. And it's like, oh, well, that's really great. But I'm never going to book a vacation 13 months mm-hmm. out. I just, I just don't do it. Yeah. So from that standpoint. So you get like the last slim pickings, I guess. This is what some people don't realize. Yeah. It's, you, you need to think about how you're going to use it. If you're I'm not starting gonna, to get stressed out already. <laughs> if you're not going to book 13 months ahead of time, then you then where you buy your home resort doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're never going to book that far ahead, having the, the advantage of booking that far ahead is useless to you. You don't have any value. It yeah. doesn't have any value for it. Another thing, too, and is— And then in that case, is it, then does it just make sense to buy points off of secondary market if— Yeah, Wyndham, Wyndham actually has an interesting thing, too. They have a, a program that I believe they call Access where you don't necessarily have a quote-unquote home resort. Mm-hmm. You're sort of like spread out a bunch, a bunch, yeah. a bunch of home resorts. So that could also be a, another path for folks if they don't specifically want to get into one place. And I think if you're if you're going down the timeshare path in today's world, I think it should be to use mm-hmm. the entire suite of properties they offer as opposed to always going to the same place. Yep. I mean, it, it, I don't think it makes sense to buy in and go to the same place every year. You're you're paying a premium to get that variety. I think. Yeah. All right, so let's get back to it. So you pay the upfront. Let's call it twenty five thousand, or I yeah. don't know what your model has. And then what are the yearly fees? You know, Noah made it sound great. Oh, no resort, <laughs> no resort fees. We're flying high, but then there's actually are quite a bit of fees. So you pay this big chunk upfront. Yeah, and so using the, those numbers at um, at, a, at around twenty five grand, you'd be paying about in today's dollars, you'd be paying about eight hundred dollars a year in fees. Mm-hmm. And if we say that that's going to go up. Three percent a year over the course of twenty years, you're going to spend about twenty thousand dollars in maintenance fees mm-hmm. over the course of those the, those first twenty years. You spent twenty five thousand to buy in, so you're all in for about forty five grand. And under that scenario, you say if you took one week long vacation a year, you'd be spending you know twenty five hundred bucks a year or twenty two fifty a year for mm-hmm. for that vacation, which um, isn't horrible. So if we knew we were getting a one bedroom or a two bedroom unit, we'd say that's a great value. If we were staying some at some of the more aspirational destinations and getting the smaller units, you know, at three hundred bucks a night, uh, you know, I think our TPG members can do much better than that mm-hmm. using their miles and points. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, I think it's knowing what you're getting yourself into and making sure that you can get the value out of it. And you know, Noah brought up as well the 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 benefit of having a kitchen in your room mm-hmm. to be able to cook your meals. Uh, again, let's be honest with ourselves when we buy it. 
are you actually going to cook meals? Mm -hmm. So from our standpoint, you know, we have two kids. We'll do breakfast in the morning, but for the rest of our trip, you know, we're going to go out and we mm -hmm. want we want nice restaurants. So we're going to go do that. So for us, we don't get as much value out of the kitchen as somebody else might. Um, I'm not saying that means that nobody will, yeah. but I think if you if you're buying into a timeshare and some of the cost savings you're amortizing in are, hey, we're going to cook our meals here. Make sure that's actually true. That mm -hmm. you're being honest with yourself when you say, I'm going to go buy groceries, I'm going to stock the fridge, and I'm going to cook. A lot of people don't like to do that on vacation. And uh, let's, I mean, because really, timeshares should be more compared to Airbnbs and vacation rentals than they should hotels, right? Like full service hotels when, you, when you're looking at pricing. So really what I think is, could you get a similar property at $300 a night on Airbnb? But what, what's the difference, you know, do you stay in Airbnbs often and what would you, how would you describe the difference? Yeah, I don't stay in Airbnbs often. I, I'm, I'm one of the few folks out there who's still nervous about, yeah. you know, am I going to show up? Is there, right. is there actually going to be a room? You know, did the yeah. owner put a camera in my bedroom? Yeah, you know, yeah. All that stuff. So I think actually I think the Airbnbs of the world have actually helped timeshares. Hmm. Um, you know, timeshares sit in between hotels and Airbnb. They're a more structured version of an Airbnb. You've got a front desk. You've got security. You've got a bunch of mm -hmm. things that you don't necessarily have with an Airbnb doesn't mean Airbnb is a bad thing, but for somebody like me who says, I, I don't really want to leave it to chance. Is the yeah. host going to be there when I show right, up, all right. that stuff? Timeshares eliminate those elements. Mm -hmm. You've got a dedicated room. You've got a reservation. You know, as Noah said, the, the Bonnet Creek property that I went to down at Disney World, which is on Disney's property, they've got free parking. Yeah. There's a front desk that's manned 24 hours a day. So, you know, you obviously You might be able to get cheaper in Airbnb, but you're getting a lot more in terms of, like, uh mitigating risk a lot more by staying in a timeshare. You're mitigating risk, and then depending on where you're going, you're using that example down at Bonnet Creek. The property has um, three or four pools. There's a lazy river. There's three or four restaurants. So there are other amenities that you wouldn't necessarily expect to get in an Airbnb. So when we boil, strip it all down, so you're paying uh, 2500 a week, did we say? Um, so it, can you... And is that really a great price? Can you get it cheaper through other means, that similar property on the secondhand market every year? Like, why lock yourself in give up a bunch of capital that you could invest elsewhere. Yeah, uh, from, a, from a cash standpoint, I think you know buying on the resale market can be a very smart uh, path, especially because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of legislation around how resale timeshares need to be sold. So those companies are regulated. It's deeded timeshare, which means you're buying real estate. So it's governed by both timeshare law and retail, real estate law. So you have protections. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the companies that do this... Uh, the, the most reputable companies have great reputations. So there was a time where I think buying a timeshare in the resale market was going to be very prone to being scammed. Yeah. Uh, but there are a couple of companies, Fidelity, the timeshare store, who are very reputable. They deal in all the different flavors of timeshares. They do dozens of transactions a month, and you're very unlikely to be scammed. And let's just bring it back to Wyndham. One thing I wasn't 100% clear on. So say you have Wyndham points. Yep. They transfer. You know, Wyndham's hotel program is 15,000 points a night for any property. Right. Which is crazy. Those timeshare points, do they transfer one-to-one? -one? Can you get a ton of value by buying a Wyndham timeshare, getting all these timeshare points, and then funneling them through to the normal program? Or is it? Yeah, I don't think so. You you um, you can transfer 1,000 of your Wyndham destination points and turn them into 400 uh, Wyndham rewards points. So I, I don't see a ton of value there. And at, that, and at the 25,000, how many do, do you know their points? Like how many destination points is that? Is that yeah, so $25,000 would buy you somewhere in the 160 to 170,000 points. 
So, so divide that it, by four, yeah, it, 40, it, you know, you're getting like three free nights at a Wyndham hotel or a week in a timeshare, roughly. Yeah, and I think there's some variability on, yeah. on what more people are buying it at. So we're using average numbers based on the data that we were able to glean both from asking Wyndham a bunch of questions and then talking with TPG Lounge members who were willing to share with us what they actually bought, what spiffs they might have gotten from their presentation mm-hmm. when they went to go do the timeshare presentation, and then also looking at on the resale market. So there's a bunch of different flavors when it comes to, to the numbers, but I think we can safely say that it's it, it's – probably not a great value Mm -hmm. to transfer our points in an absolute world but if you weren't going to use a timeshare property yes absolutely we want to move them over and bank them and get some value some of those yeah three nights could be you know there are some of those really nice Wyndham properties that are yeah. three, four, five hundred dollars a night. All right, let's let's talk about. So you went through the Wyndham pitch experience. You know the timeshare presentations are are known in our in the travel <laughs> world as you know. Uh, there's you know usually great incentive to sit down. How many timeshare presentations in your life have you sat through? Less than you might think. Probably only three or four. Okay. Are um, they unbearable in general? So the very first one I sat in was was everything that's bad about timeshare presentations. The guy was screaming; he wouldn't let us leave. Oh my it was, gosh! It was um, it was uh, I, I'm almost positive it was our honeymoon in Cancun, uh-huh. and I, and I just I sat there going like, what the heck did I get myself <laughs> into? And I was turned off on timeshares for quite some time yeah. because of that. But that was that also I'm, I'm aging myself here, mm-hmm. but that goes back almost twenty years. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, from that standpoint, it definitely has changed. Now, I will say, down at uh, down at Wyndham Bonnet Creek, where I went through their presentation, that place is a factory. Mm-hmm. There are three or four rooms. Each room holds, I you know, probably fifty or sixty people. Oh wow! And um, they were all jamming when I was there. Mm-hmm. It was a huge reception area. And, and what they, are they? What were they giving people to come in? Is does it vary? Or it, what, it, what can people expect if people are like you know what I'm in Orlando? Let's go try this yeah, out. Like what? what what's a so good great. sign up bonus for a timeshare uh, presentation? Rough range yeah, of values. Yeah, we've seen a whole bunch of different things. So we saw everything from we had a TPG lounge member that got a Kindle as his gift, which you'd say was you know I call it a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is what's a, another typical benefit? Which for folks in our our world of miles and points is probably a better choice is a lot of times they'll let you buy a fairly discounted vacation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, three nights and four days for $200 mm-hmm. and you have to go through a timeshare presentation. A lot of states have laws about how long they can actually hold you for the presentation. Mm-hmm. And so what, what's the rough time frame? That 90, you should, min, 90 minutes. 90, is minutes, is 90 is, minutes is the like firmly get your butt up and say, I'm leaving. Got it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm done. If you're, if and if you give them their, your contact info, can you expect to be you harangued? Can ab- you can absolutely <laughs> expect to. And, and you'll see that there are – if you were to Google timeshare lawsuits, you'll see plenty of them. There, yeah. are, you know, there, are, there still are deceptive sales practices in the industry. It's – I think the firmest thing we can say here is make sure you get it in writing. Yeah. Whatever it is you're buying, don't take a promise from a salesperson. They're, they're incentivized to sell you something. Yep. Get whatever it is you think that you're getting. Make sure it's in writing because then it's bound by law. It's deeded timeshare. They have to abide by it. So get it in writing and 
Is there a place you would recommend people go? So they're at the final stages. How do you check to know if you're getting a good deal on a timeshare? There's no good resource for new timeshare deals. There are message boards out there that talk about the different timeshare communities. Each program has a a timeshare board. So Disney has their own Mm -hmm. Disney Vacation Club. There are some others for RCI and places like that. On the resale market, there are resources out there that tell you where properties are selling for. And the sites themselves will actually tell you Fidelity and the timeshare store will tell you what contracts have sold for recently. So we can hop on there so right you can now. Look at can comps, see. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I can see that like somebody house. bought 308,000 points, mm-hmm. which if I bought that from Wyndham directly would cost us, you know, in the $50,000 range, let's say roughly, that sold for $3,600. That's a huge delta. So $3,600 and then they just paid the 800, you know, call it a thousand a year in fees. Well, that because it's a larger chunk of points, yeah, their be- main fees is closer to 2000 So you pay maintenance fees based on how many points you own. And the reason for that is, in theory, these points calculate out to some amount of space in the property. So so one bedroom, two bedrooms. So so they they do have to maintain the room. So the more points you buy, the higher your maintenance fees are. But those those points, that's for in perpetuity? For, so with Wyndham, thirty six hundred bucks to buy. You know what is this? A right. huge two bedroom or three bedroom suite for the rest of your life at two thousand a year. At two thousand a year for your maintenance fees. Yeah. Now that's going to go up three percent. So we we got to figure in time value of money over that time. It is going to cost more, but in today's dollars, it's costing you two thousand dollars a year for that vacation. I mean, it sounds too good to be true. That's that's why that's where the resale market comes in, and, and different timeshares work different ways. We're talking about so Wyndham. basically that person just got thirty six hundred bucks instead of giving it back to Wyndham for free. Pretty much, yeah. And and you like as as Noah said, you can give it back to Wyndham, but you're not getting anything for it when you do it. Right, you're just absolving yourself of paying those monthly fees. You are, and and sometimes that, you know, there are some reports out there. We've heard some reports from folks that that process is not always as straightforward as mm-hmm. as it might be made out to be um, in terms of giving it back. Um, but if you're not expecting anything in return, it's certainly going to go smoother from a process standpoint. Wyndham is different than some other timeshares, Disney Vacation Club, where I own. Those are deeded timeshare, but they're only deeded for 50 years. So I don't have a lifelong asset, mm-hmm. um, but I, I have a 50-year asset that I, I can give to my kids if I want, but I only get 50 years where the Wyndham timeshare points are forever and ever. Interesting. So many different nuances. Ed, thanks for joining us today. Where can people follow you and your prolific podcasting, (laughs) blogging? You do it all. I, I, I do, not unlike yourself. Well, you can find me writing at The Points Guy, which I do for uh, for you guys on an in, infrequent basis. And you basis. were our number one writer last week or two weeks was ago. I, really? I think so. Wow. Cool. By some metric or another. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and if you guys like podcasting, you can find my podcast, Miles to Go. That's all for this episode of Talking Points. A huge thanks to Noah Brodsky of Wyndham Destinations and our very own Ed Pizzarello. Again, I'm your host, Brian Kelly, and this episode was produced by Caroline Chagrin and Jessica Rovniak with editing by Ryan Gabus. Our music's by Breakmaster Cylinder, and a special thanks to Adam Kotkin and Mike Bruno. If you like this episode and want to hear more, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded this podcast. But more importantly, tell your friends. The more people we have listening, the more episodes we'll make. And if you tag me on Instagram at Brian Kelly or use the hashtag talking points on social media, I might even give you a shout out. See you next week. And until then, safe travels.